Hello and welcome to a Monday night edition of MLB Pro Happy Hour, joined by my regular co-host, Happy Hour connoisseur, Brenton. I am the anonymous GM and uh, it's a Monday night, not much going on, let's talk MLB Pro. Uh, how'd the Braves do tonight? The Braves get a win tonight? Oh yeah, I did. Kobe Allard had pitched his best games since joining the Braves. Six shutout innings, one two nothing over the Phils. Second win in a row. Okay, so Al, Al Allard's turning a corner. Uh, a uh, a big acquisition there for the Braves early in the year. Um, one topic that I think we wanted to touch on tonight is we'll, we'll start with this one. Who's going to be the biggest player move between now and July thirty first when it comes to making an impact? on the playoffs with the, with the via trade who, who, who's going to be the biggest piece out there in your eyes that gets moved. Will, will it be a surprise or will it be, will it be someone expected? Well, let's start with that. Any, any surprises between now and July 31st. In a league where Mitch is ever present, it could always be a surprise because we've been trying to trade fucking Bryce Harper earlier this off season. Right? So you never know with him. He, he could swing one of his stars. You know, he's in first place by eight games. I think more realistically, if you're going to see a surprise, it comes out of somebody like Minnesota. Uh, you know, maybe Oakland ends up dealing somebody, not one of their arms, but somebody like Taylor Sparks down the line. Um, or if Eddie falls out of it a little bit, maybe he makes a move, but I would doubt it. I, I think more than likely you're just going to see the, the Reds get emptied. Um, you'll probably see a piece or two um, come away from Baltimore. Steve White comes to mind, right? Uh, if there's anything left. You know, no, Houston's young across the board. I, I really don't think so. I think it's going to be pretty chalk unless Mitch throws us a curveball or, or Rocky decides to toss it in. Rocky, uh, the Miguel Sano sweepstakes have been ongoing all season long. Um, will he, will he not? I, I still tend to agree with you. I don't think he's going anywhere. I, I think, if anything, the Twins are going to be buyers and they're – desire to chase down uh, the White Sox and Indians. The team I'd throw out there, um, they're kind of getting up there in age. They, they have some big pieces, and, and the record's not going their way this year. So how about the San Francisco Giants? Yeah. They Posey were, has an opt-out after next season. Is there any chance someone like Buster Posey could be moved? I mean, you have to think about what the, the market for him would be, I guess, at this point. He's 33. Dude can still rake, but, like, he still plays good defense, too. Now that I think about it. Maybe. I mean, and at the same token, uh, Pardo, or behind the plate, 33 years old, his contract expires after next season. That's a guy who's going to be demanding probably around $150 million on an extension. Is a team going to be willing to pay that when he gets up there in age? Maybe now's the time he gets dealt. There's a lot of pieces on this team. You're right. That'd be interesting in a trade. We haven't seen much out of Ryan this year which is interesting with the team he's got. And you're right, this is kind of his year. He's got to go or don't with what all of his pitchers, starting pitches are over 30. God, this whole lineup is ancient. I mean, you're right. This is, this is a lineup primed to kickstart a, um, a farm system like we saw the, the Tampa Bay Rays do, honestly, I think, this past offseason. He could do the exact well, same thing. What would also make it interesting, there, there's really three, three ways I could see that going if he, if he were to do it. One is he just goes out, goes and gets the best player available, whoever that might be. Uh, ALNL, he doesn't care. He could partner up in a surprising twist with, with the Colorado Rockies. Could there be a trade amongst brothers? Or could he maybe go to Arizona and San Diego, give them a slight discount in order to make sure Colorado does not make the playoffs? I, I could see Ryan going any of those three paths. 
Yeah, I, I agree. The only thing I'd say, I don't think Colorado's got the pieces to make a deal for either one of those guys happen. I think he'd be outbid pretty quickly. Um, and I, I don't know that Arizona, as much as they should maybe look at this, but they really don't need the upgrade. Their catching situation is fine. But he's not willing to part with any of those young pieces probably for another year or two until he's sure one Marine is a, is a lock. Um, yeah, but Padres would be interesting. That, that'd probably be my best bet if he's going to deal in division. And then taking a quick look at upcoming free agents, guys, not signed extensions yet. Uh, as far as position players, Andrelton Simmons on the Padres, a team in the playoff hunt, unlikely he gets moved. Anthony Rizzo, you mentioned Steve White in Baltimore. Anthony Rizzo is quietly raking this year for uh, Baltimore, a team that still needs to pr pr uh, promote Nick Senzel. Can we get can we get Nick Senzel up in, up in the big leagues, uh, Drew, please? Yeah, uh, seriously. So Rizzo, I could see being moved. Charles Cutler behind the plate in, in uh, L.A., Anaheim, whatever you want to call the Angels, unlikely to be moved. Jason Hayward's been on the trade block for weeks now out, of, out in Kansas City, having a fantastic year. But there's really no market for an outfielder at the moment. Uh, Dave Wilson, Minnesota, a, a potentially one of the better pieces that could be moved. Uh, and then taking a quick look at pitching, uh, war leaders amongst those on the trade block, Josh Tomlin. Josh Tomlin has struck out 66 and walked four batters all season long with an ERA 2.6 out in L.A. Uh, with the Dodgers. There's a pitcher, veteran presence. You don't have to deal with an ugly contract after this year. That could be an interesting piece for a team searching for a pitcher. Tomlin was in the American League Central for years, wasn't he, before going to L.A.? Uh, he spent time in Minnesota and Cleveland. Then he spent uh, the last couple seasons in the NL Central with the Cardinals and the Brewers. And gotcha. he's, he's had good seasons. Uh, 2019 with Milwaukee, I mean, his record didn't indicate it. He was 2-7, and seven, but an ERA tick above four. Control's always been there. Um, just a, a guy who has a lot of pitches. He confuses hitters. I, I don't know. A, a guy that he was signed to – February 2nd on a minor league contract and it's certainly worked out for the it's worked out for him on the Dodgers not so much for the Dodgers as a team barrage of injuries and whatnot has plagued them um one other thing I think we wanted to touch on before we go uh, all hell breaks loose here let's take a look at teams in the playoffs out of the playoffs who's going to make a move that's not currently in the playoffs you tell me if, if these teams have any any shot of the playoffs we'll start in the National League yeah uh, we're going to start at the bottom. I'm sorry to do this to you. Do the Atlanta Braves have any chance of the playoffs? Oh, no. No, of course they don't. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers are 10 games out of the wild card spot at 31 and 46. I'm sorry, but I'm going to say they have no shot. Agreed. Uh, the Giants, 33, 40, and 45, last place in what is potentially the best division in the, in the National League. So I'm going to say, even though they're only eight and a half back, the Giants have no shot. Yeah, it's tough to say with that lineup, but I, I'd have to agree. The Chicago Cubs, Justin Jabs, 34 and 44, seven and a half out of the wild card, 12 out of the division. Do the Cubs have any shot at the playoffs? No, especially no. with, with uh, what's his name being hurt, but they never had a shot to begin with. That probably, no. probably, yeah, they never, yeah, they no. never did buy it. Lo their, their season's falling apart, lost six in a row. Uh, now, yeah, Cubs yeah, are done. Sure. Uh, the Reds are playing a little bit better than I think some expected, 35 and 42, six games out. But what, Scott tonight posted a trade block that included every single piece on the team, I think. The Reds have no shot at the playoffs. Any, any yeah, disagreement there? No, okay. he wants them to be done. They're done. 
Uh, now we move to the first team that I think maybe could make a move forward. That's the LA Dodgers, 36 and 43, also six games out. Can Sam put something together that can get the Dodgers into the playoffs? But anything around Juan Soto would make a, a legitimate argument to belong. I mean, I think the team has played below expectations. I think they've been ravaged by injury, injuries, excuse me. And they've got enough in that system to go out and make an acquisition. They've, they've kind of teased with the idea of doing it earlier in the year. I think Sam's absolutely still in this ballpark. Uh, the offense is atrocious. 14th in batting average, 12th in non-base, 15th in slugging. They're 14th in the NL and runs scored. He's starting rotation with the third best ERA amongst uh, rotations in the National League, but a bullpen that ranks dead last. You pointed it out. The injuries to Sergio Romo, Mark Rzymski, Matt Lolas, their bullpen's just been decimated by injury. And the guys they brought up, for the most part, haven't produced all season long. Um, but when you have a rotation of, of, of Lester, Cozart, Tomlin, Markle, anything's possible. Uh, and as you pointed out, Juan Soto slowly putting things together, uh, making a little more contact. I, I'm not going to say they're going to get in the playoffs, but they've got a shot. Yeah, they, they belong in the, con uh, the conversation, especially you think about it, they're 25 runs behind the next real team in the National League, and they're still within the playoff picture. That tells you how good their pitching's been and, and how much room there is improvement on the offensive side of the ball. Would you go as far to say the Dodgers have a better playoff chance than this next team, the Philadelphia Phillies at 38 and 39, three games out, only three and seven in the last 10. Do the Phillies have a legitimate shot at the playoffs? You know, it's, it's interesting. They, they absolutely do. And, and I look at the National League East, if you take the Braves and the Mets out of it, all three of these teams are realistically within the running for a, a wild card spot. In theory, if uh, there's an acquisition in Miami or in Philly or Helen Washington, you'd think maybe they can, they can make a real run at this thing. So I think all three of those teams in the division sandwich of spectacular and shit are, are viable contenders. Washington dealt with the, the blows recently. What to Nick Pickett and Cole Swanson lost both of them from the rotation. Ed Reith tonight, a great start. Mark Davies the other day, a terrific start. Ed Palmer, a uh, bad season this year after a breakout season last year. Uh, so, so let me, I'll, I'll get back to Philadelphia. I'm sorry to uh, Jerry and the uh, Phillies. As you pointed out, yeah. Um, do I think I don't know? That's I don't. The more I look at this team, I actually the less I know. Uh, Anthony Hale's having a good year. Kamita's been fantastic. Bell, they've been dealt with a ton of injuries too. Uh, Matt Latos, I believe, is scheduled to come back soon. Uh, but Jake Arrieta is one in five with a good ERA. Cole with a great start tonight and a loss to you. Uh, Gil Martin. I'm with you. I, I don't think you can you can count the the Phillies out of out of the playoff race at all. Uh, the Nationals, I touched on uh, injuries, bad to you season to Palmer. What, they're 500 and they're two and a half games out of the playoffs and, and they get to play uh, you a bunch and uh, teams <laughs> that they're fighting with. So, so they have a shot. The Miami Marlins, does Ryan – how – I don't even know the right way to put this. How surprised are we with, we, are we with the success of the Miami Marlins, 40 and 38? Uh, back above 500, one and a half games out of the wild card spot. What, what's your take on, on them? You see them a lot out in the NL, NL East. Yeah, I think I feel about them the way you feel about the Phillies, right? The more I look at this team, the more I'm confused. I've always loved Xander's Bogarts. He's been terrible this year. Like, so I kind of, where I expected him to get production, and he's not. I mean, his whole infield is kind of dog shit, right? Francisco Lindor has been spectacular. Jose Gonzalez has been pretty consistent since he came over from Atlanta years ago. Ronald Acuna 
can't get the ball on the back consistently, but when he does, it flies, which is really, really exciting for him, I'd assume. Um, I love Henry Powell. I always have. So they've got a lot of interesting pieces here that, like, they should add up to about this record. I think he's in a unique position where 38 and 39, 38 is nothing to write home about, but nobody expected anything out of the Marlins and the National League's weak enough that he can make a run with a team like this and get into the postseason. And then who knows where he goes with it, right? Um, Ryan's one of those guys that you never know what he's thinking because he, every time – I feel like we've gotten to this point with him a couple times. He seems like he's got something put together. He's right there, and then he makes a left turn that nobody saw coming, and he goes a different direction with it. So I don't know. They, they're terrible in one-run games, by the way. I just, I just saw that. 8-16. That's – yeah, and that's with – despite having the NL's best bullpen ERA. So go yeah. figure that one out. Um, as you pointed out, last seat, last trade deadline, what, Walker Bueller dealt, Lance McCullers, Torres, Rotator Cuff, their season fell apart. Um, looking, at, looking at the Marlins, you, you brought up a name that, that to me is really interesting, Jose Gonzalez. They have four quality outfielders, and they only play three of them, obviously. Uh, Ronald Acuna, despite hitting 204, is going nowhere. Henry Powell's having a good year, uh, leading the outfield in war, potentially second on the team behind Francisco Lindor. And Norm Rowley out in right field has been productive, hitting 284, not base percentage of just under 350. That leaves Jose Gonzalez. He's only gotten 66 at bats on the season, and I don't believe he's been hurt. No. What did uh, he was? Yeah, he missed a day for nausea back in spring training. He, he, so he's been fully healthy. What do you do if you're Ryan and you have Jose Gonzalez? Is he is he a piece you could go and send somewhere to? solidify a starting rotation that maybe could use another piece? Do you keep him and roll with your four outfielders? Do you, what, what should Ryan do there? I mean, I think Jose Gonzalez is incredibly valuable in the role he's playing in Miami. He can play more or less multiple outfield positions, right? He's not spectacular in center field. Actually, he's quite poor in center field, but he plays both corners fine, which is good for him to have there. He has hit the ball well in a reserve role. He's cheap. He's fast. You know, he's somebody that can, they can work the base pass late in the, in the game. I think Jose Gonzalez is a, is a piece that Ryan values heavily, I would assume. Uh, could he flip him as part of a package to get a starter? Yeah. But I think that you, you could go out there and get a veteran starter fairly cheap, um, you know, and, and compare them with a bunch of veterans he's got now, not having to give up a guy like Gonzalez and make a push for the playoffs. And then once he's in there, who knows? I don't know that you really want to look at Darvish, Lamb, Marshall as your top three in a postseason series. But, you know, you get in there, who knows what happens. So I, I don't think he moves somebody like him. I, I, would, I would think he'd move minor league pieces to make, you know, to make an acquisition and grab somebody here. But you've got to think he's making moves at some point. That brings us to a uh, team that sits 41-37. and 37. I, th- I think everyone's a little surprised by their record. The Colorado Rockies, a half game out of the playoffs as of today. A team that went out and acquired Sergio Barreda from the Royals the other day for a couple minor leaguers uh, with the hopes of Barreda filling in at first base. Colorado, playoff team at the end of the season or not? They have to be. I mean, this team is, is ridiculously talented. They absolutely have to be a playoff team at the end of the season. I was trying to figure out what was wrong with them earlier. You know, I'm wondering if this league has a Felicio Roxa curse when it comes down to it. This dude, all the talent in the world, finally putting it together at least a little bit on the field, but every team he's on can't seem to get anywhere. Uh, you know, realistically, 
Trevor Story struggled, got replaced. Um, Steve Winter has been spectacular. Jack Peterson is struggling out there, but he's not. I don't know, man. I really don't know what's wrong with this team because the, the team is almost the exact same team they had last year. And Nick McCulley is another guy that's been talent, all the talent in the world, can't seem to get on a winning team. So there's a couple guys on here that I, I kind of laugh at when I see their names. Um, I don't know. They've got to be in the playoffs. They absolutely have to be. The rotation's still been good. Yeah. Uh, Pineda's been good. Cooper's been fantastic. The bullpen's been a mess. And it, and it, it comes with a guy in the back end of the bullpen who you should know well, Dennis Moore. Yeah. Well, he lost uh, his room. He lost uh, did, he's not closing anymore. Nick McCauley's closing, which doesn't make any sense to me. McCauley's, again, like, but Dennis Moore has struggled, again, so I don't know. McCauley and Moore should be a spectacular lights out one, two at the end, and, they, and they've both been terrible this year. They've been terrible. Hashim uh, from Cleveland a couple years ago been, has been bad. Uh, Orlando Garcia up and down. But I, I'm with you. Those arms are, are too talented uh, to miss the playoffs. I, I think at the end of the day, they get in. That means one of these next one of these next teams is not going to be in the playoffs despite being in a playoff position today. So we, right now we have the Padres, the Pirates as wildcard teams, the Diamondbacks, the Cardinals, and the Mets leading divisions. The Mets, I think, are safe, 12-game lead in the division. The Mets are a playoff team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so who currently in the playoffs has the biggest worry about making the playoffs? Is it still the team that you seem not to be a believer in week to week, the Pittsburgh Pirates, or is there someone else that maybe uh, fits that bill this week? Yeah, a thousand percent. I, I think I might have pissed off the Pirates fan base last time. Uh, pretty hardly, uh, hardly, good God, pretty uh, severely. But no, the Pirates are not making the playoffs this year. That team will be good down the line. He's made some great acquisitions. I love some of the guys in the system and some of the younger players. They're not making the playoffs. There's no, they, they have no business being here. Um, I was looking up and down these. They've just had a what is this? Thirty-seven game. Yeah, it's, it's about the same. Thirty-seven and thirty-nine home and away. They they're great at home. They're terrible on the road. Um, not that that has anything to do with it. Like, it's not like PNC Park's massively interesting or, or uh, a home field park, but, like, just, the team's not good. The Padres are the same thing, right? They, they've got talent. They have an interesting team, but they, they do this every year, right? This is the latest they've been part of it, but I still look up and down that team, and I think they're not catching the Diamondbacks the way Juan Marine and, and Black Mirror are going to play. That team's just stacked top to bottom. Um, I think there's just too much talent not in the National League Central but in the National League West and in the middle of that National League East for either the Pirates or the Padres to hold it together. I, I think you put you hit the nail on the head, though, there. If, if you're looking at those two divisions, the NL West is infinitely harder than the NL Central. I think that the Pirates could – well, I guess you still got to deal with the, with the three teams in the NL East. Um, I think I, – I tend to agree with you. The Padres are going to be caught – uh, first by Colorado at the end of the year. I think Colorado is better than San Diego, even with Michael Matula having a Cy Young type season in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, but the combo of Conforto and Garrett Schlecht in the outfield in Pittsburgh give the Pirates a chance. They are quietly one of the best outfield duos in all of baseball. Um, the pitching staff, I agree with you, the bullpen could be a problem. If I had to put a, put a guess, the Colorado Rockies make the playoffs. And I'm going to go with the Washington Nationals join the three current division leaders. And I, I think those are your five playoff teams out in the National League. In the American League, uh, again, starting at the bottom, the, we're not going to mention the – well, I, I want to talk about them for a second because I brought them up earlier. The Detroit Tigers. Jordan Lyles has been getting a lot of attention here again. Yeah. 
Can you walk me through what Jim was thinking when this, when the free agent decision was made? We'll have Jim on here soon to defend himself and walk us through his, his own viewpoint. But what were the Tigers thinking when they signed Jordan Lyles? I mean, I, I really have no idea. I don't know. He's not a team leader. He's not a guy that he's going to sell some tickets, but he's not even locally that popular or nationally, right? He's a, he's a name, but he's not – it's not like they went out and signed Felix Hernandez, you know, a name that's recognizable like they did down in Oakland, kind of with the same thought, although Oakland was trying to win. It's not like he's going to, to be a, a shining star anywhere. I, I honestly I can't make heads or tails of this, specifically with some of the stuff he's pointed out, getting out from running some big contracts to throw another one on top of it for a 30-year-old pitcher for years. I don't, I don't get it. And then on top of that, here, here's my biggest issue in defending Jordan Lyles here in the media. Extreme ground ball pitcher. His strikeout rate's basically what it's been uh, the last few years, if not better. His, his control's gotten a little worse. His batting average on balls in play against him is at 371. Can the Detroit Tigers please find some guys that can field ground balls in their infield? Their infield is atrocious defensively. If, if we start there, Jordan Lyles could be back to being productive. But my favorite Jordan Lyles stat I, I noticed today was you talked about PNC Park having and, and course field in the National League with a home field advantage, if you will. Jordan Lyles at home in 10 starts or in eight starts, rather, 10 games pitched, has an ERA 3.28. I think the Detroit Tigers would be happy with that, even though his record's 1-6 at home. The second he hits the road, he's 0-7 with an ERA above eight. I don't know what's going on when Jordan Lyles and his teammates hit the road, but Jim and Josh need to figure something out because it's a mess. Uh, but we're going to move on. because That's too much well, Detroit Tiger talk tonight, 20 games out. I have to your questions, though, because you ask, can they get somebody to play defense? Will you look at their roster real quick? There are yeah, looking two, at it. There are two infielders on the roster, and one's a first baseman. Two. Yeah, that's that's a bit of a problem. That's gonna make the infield a little rough, isn't it? And with, and with a ground ball pitcher, that's I think we just found what something out that might might be a problem in Detroit. There's five left fielders on this team. Like I don't understand what's going on. I did not notice that. That is, that's impressive roster building. Uh, moving on, the Tampa Bay Rays, John, uh, a good start in Tampa. Things have fallen apart 11 games out. They're not making the playoffs. No. Kansas City Royals, 33-46. and 46, The magical run of a couple years ago, uh, it's gone and passed. They're not making the playoffs. The Boston Red Sox, 34-45, and 45, nine and a half games out. They got no chance, right? No, they, but they shouldn't be this bad. We don't have to talk about Boston, but they shouldn't no. be. No, they, they shouldn't be that bad. And the fact that they're behind the Baltimore Orioles at eight and a half back, that's a problem for Boston. Sorry, Baltimore, you don't have a shot at the playoffs. Now, see, that's the one I wanted to talk about. And this is this is interesting. This is a dark horse candidate to me. Realistically, the other eight back, it's tough to make this climb. This team's pitched very well. They can't score runs. And who is the man sitting in their minor leagues in AAA right now that can, can knock in some runs in a position of weakness for the Baltimore Orioles and provide some pop? It's it's Fucking Nick Senzo. If they will just call him up, look what Juan Marine and Vladimir Jr., Vladimir Guerrero Jr. did for Arizona. I'm not saying he's that caliber of prospect, but injecting some life and some pop into a position of weakness can do wild things. And I think they put a guy like Senzo in at second base, called some of these other guys. They've got some pop to put on the bat on the bench here to, to pitch hit every now and then. 
Baltimore's got a shot. New York can't seem to get its head on straight. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with them. They could legitimately make a run here at that second. Nah, it's tough with, with American League Central. They'd have to make a run. But they could make a case for themselves being in that, that top three, top four teams in the National or the American League wild card position. I Star agree board. with everything you said with one caveat. I think they have players that, that, that need to be sold. I, I think Anthony Rizzo, yeah. with his contract up, needs to be traded. You brought up Steve White, I think will be traded. If you trade both of those, those playoff chances go away. I agree with you. I, I think he realistically sells at the deadline like he did last year. He did very well at the deadline last year. I think he does it again this year and, and stocks up for 21. The other name, the other, I mean, Nick Senzel has to come up soon. The other guy that, that I think's making a play, uh, it's a crowded outfield, uh, but if, if a spot opened up at DH, Ty, uh, Tyson Detmer, I, I think is another player in Baltimore that could, could see time here in the bigs before the season uh, ends. The, the next team's the team that I think could make a run at things. That's the Houston Astros. Seven games out, 36 and 42. Nothing has gone right in Houston. But they have a lot of talent still. Uh, can Houston find, piece something together to turn their ship and, and make a run at things? It's, it sounds wild sitting in dead last in the best division in baseball to say yes. Specifically, now I have an old file, but they have a four-man rotation with an injured pitcher and a guy like Melvin Gardner who may as well be dead. So, like, for whatever reason, at 26, right? Um, it sounds wild, but this team is so young and talented. You go one through nine in the field, and they're superstars. You have to give them a shot, even in this division. Now, that's the problem. You want to go really and talking about the division and, and what's going to hurt you. Playing against all four of these teams, Oakland included, Silver's consistently sucks. Then getting the American League Central sucks. You don't really get a break anywhere. So I don't know, man. Like it's tough to say a team dead last has a shot. I'm gonna say no. There's, I don't think Houston makes the playoff. No, there's no way. The one, the one wild card here. Uh, we brought it up a couple of weeks ago, I think, and that was for the shortstop position with Fernando Tatis Jr. waiting in the wings in AAA. Last we talked about him, he was off to a bad start. He's rebounded now, hitting above 270 uh, and I think 50 or so games at AAA, or maybe that was at bats. So I I can't remember what I just looked at. But Jorge Martinez is doing nothing at short. If you could bring Tatis up, start his clock now, and make a run, it's an interesting team. And while playing good teams in the division is a problem, it also gives them opportunity to catch teams ahead of them. Uh, so I'm, I'm not ready to, to say no to Houston quite yet. Uh, staying in the division with the Oakland A's, uh, seven games out. Does Oakland have a shot? They got to sell Greg Faustini if they got a shot, and they're not going to do it. Tend to agree. So, uh, moving on, that brings us to Rocky. Five games out, losers of four straight. Can the Minnesota Twins make a run at, at the playoffs? Not could they, will they? They certainly could. Will they? Yeah. I mean, I think. If you tell me that Nathan Evaldi and Josh Colmenter finish the year with ERAs over five, I will bet you some money on that, that it's not going to happen, right? And right now, Evaldi is above, almost seven. Uh, Colmenter is well above five. You know, I, I think that their pitching finds its way here. Wilmer Font's not great, but he's not, a, he's not an eight ERA pitcher in the bullpen uh, over 35 games. I mean, give me a break. Right, Mark Melanson's not going to be this bad. Uh, 
Raymond ain't gonna be this bad. He figures it out. He's got enough pieces in that that system to go get some bullpen arms if he needs to, he needs to make a move. And you, Gary Copeland's 28. You're not gonna have Gary Copeland forever. You better make a fucking move and go to the playoffs here with a guy like him and Redondo at 29 and Sano at 27. Are they gonna trade him? Sure, but like another team that's quietly getting up there in age, the offense is in its prime. The pitching needs to catch up. I think it does. Again, Evaldi and Colin are done after this season or season or two. But like he goes out and makes a splash, brings in a guy like Steve White, brings in a, a different arm. I think the, the Twins are right back in this thing, and I think he makes Aiden shit his pants a little bit, make another move. Who knows? I think you're spot on. This is a team that, what, four days ago was 39 and 37, back above 500 within striking distance. So, so things have hit, should hit the fan a little bit recently. But for that, all that has gone wrong in Minnesota to be in this position, I, I think they'd be, uh, they'd be happy with where they are and happy with their chances moving forward. Uh, a team that's hit a tough patch of their schedule, the Texas Rangers, lost tonight in Seattle coming off of a series loss in Anaheim, a team that has been busy trying to rebuild its bullpen uh, for the Brian Wilson acquisition. It's not working. Can the Texas Rangers make a run at the playoffs? Can Texas Rangers? Can they? Yes. Will they? No. I don't think so. I think they made the wrong bet bringing the guy like Cameron Maybe as much as I liked him. I don't think he's the piece they needed. I say no. I'm still intrigued by that rotation. The top three of Caprillian, Wildner, and McMillan are enough to me that can give teams trouble. Jordan Cote's having a fantastic season. The bullpen, if that team could ever figure out the bullpen, they have the, the disease that the Mariners have had the last few years. If that bullpen gets figured out, they could be a team that could chase down the AL Central or the Yankees. Uh, which brings us to the two teams currently, or two, um, we got the Yankees. The Yankees are half game out of the playoffs. Uh, they're a half game behind the White Sox, who are five and a half behind the Angels, who are five and a half behind the Mariners, the White Sox. I guess the White Sox are within reach of the Indians. But if you had to rank the, the three teams, the Yankees, the White Sox, the Angels, who doesn't get in? The Angels are in, right? It'd be a sacrilege to this league to talk about not, not making the playoffs. Uh, so... And even realistically, I don't think they, they miss. So we're, we're leaving Cleveland out of this. We're assuming Cleveland wins this division. We're going to go Chicago, New York. Who gets that second spot? It's a conversation. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll start with that. Who wins the AL Central? The, the Indians or the White Sox? I mean, I That's a fair think, question. I still think it's the Indians. Their offense is, is very, very good. I think the White Sox are as best as they've as good as they've ever been. I think John Hodges has done a great job throwing his chips all in and getting pieces that are sustainable and can, can get him a win now. I still think Cleveland wins the division. I think they're too good. Um, uh, I just want to. I I agree. Swifts Swifts plus Strasburg is enough. The 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 decision of Aiden to uh, demote Sean Stevens to AAA looks like it's going to pay off brilliantly. Since coming back, he has won two of his three starts. His most recent start was six and two thirds of one hit ball against the White Sox Sunday night. So a one nothing win. That that rotation is going to be too much for the White Sox to overcome. So now, now we're down to the White Sox and the Yankees. Who gets in? White Sox and Yankees. Sorry. When the Indians, by the way, the other thing I like about them, I love their bullpen. I think that they're very good. They've got a lot of young, good arms in there. Uh, but, yeah, you got type the White Sox, Yankees. Who gets in? Man, this is, this is an interesting piece to me because the Yankees are so unpredictable. You can't, you, they've been quiet for two weeks. Every time Rhett pops his head up, it makes four <laughs> like, 
who knows what that team looks like. He'd go out and buy somebody and go out and sell the whole team. So I think for consistency's sake, Hodges is – this is looking like the first year he's bought in and he's going to stay bought in past the deadline. I think the White Sox push and they make the playoffs for the first time. I think you're right. I, I think the wild card nature of Rhett is scary. I think the other thing that the Yankees have going against them is, is same thing uh, that could affect the race in the National League is the schedule. Yeah. While the while the American League East isn't great, it's still better than the bottom of the Central with the Tiger with all those extra games against the Tigers, the Royals, and even potentially the Twins. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Toronto's better than Cleveland, right? So you got to face them more frequently. Baltimore, Boston, Tampa Bay as a trio is better than Minnesota, Kansas City, Detroit as a trio. It's not even so much that they're – I mean, Minnesota is probably better than any of those three teams, but the bottom end is still light years ahead. Of just I don't know how many games Chicago has against Detroit, but any games against Detroit is a win. Yeah, Especially as you pointed out, if they're going to play two infielders on the roster. <laughs> I can't believe that. That was the wildest thing I've ever seen. Uh, then quickly reach Todd, touching on the four teams that are currently in the playoffs in the, in the American League. Uh, Toronto's nine and nine have won nine of their last ten. Giancarlo Stanton has hit 30 home runs now on the season. Uh, Swift, Strasburg, Stevens, and Sh- Cleveland, everything seems to be going well there. The Mariners maintain the best record in baseball. And they've quietly built a five-and-a-half game lead on the Angels. Yeah. What's the mindset both in Seattle and Los Angeles at this point? Is Sos comfortable with that lead? Should Matt be panicking with the Angels at five-and-a-half behind the Mariners? What's your take on uh, the AL West? No. I mean, neither of those situations should happen, right? Justin Kaiser should never be comfortable with any lead he's got over the Angels until it's a five-game lead with four games left. You just can't, you can't write him off. Uh, and as far as Matt panicking, he was down about this much a little earlier in the season last year as well. Um, he finds a way, right? No one Mazzara, if I'm not mistaken, has sucked this year. Am I, am I misremembering this, his team? I feel like he's had a couple of the stars off. Uh, a couple of guys have been, had been on the d- disabled list, I know. Um, and then a guy tonight that blew their lead uh, against Boston late in their game is – Matt Navaris and that bullpen, a normally a strong bullpen in, in L.A. and Anaheim, again, I don't know what you want to call them these days, uh, has been letting, letting that team down. Um, and yeah. I don't know what the, what the level of panic they are, both, both in the bullpen and the rotation. A- outside of the top two, Copeland and Funkhauser, they, they're throwing together – they're just – they're throwing at a dartboard, basically. Um, yeah. So I, I, a team that I, I think could be – busy between now and July 31st trying to acquire a starting pitcher. Yeah, I think he he finds a couple pieces. Matt's never been the guy to bring in the superstar. We go all the way back to the beginning of this league when Matt came through. He almost brought Bryce Harper in from Atlanta. I don't know if this is a very talked about story. Atlanta and, and the Angels were in like a three-week negotiation to trade Bryce Harper straight up for Nomar Mazzara, who at the time was, was a nobody. He was in like single A. Right? We ended up shipping Harper to Toronto and, and kind of reshaping the franchise that way. But um, outside of that, I don't remember him making a lot of plays to go after these big guys. Remember, he's in those conversations, but never brings them in. But he always finds the right piece, the right bullpen arm, 
the right 40-year-old starter to come through, right? He's just got an eye for talent. His coaching staff set up the right way. That L.A. brings in somebody at a low cost every year. He's going to do it again, I promise you. He'll chase Justin down a little bit. Kaiser wins this, this division. The, the Mariners are ridiculous. Everywhere ridiculous. They are the best team in baseball. They deserve this record. They have a runs against that is a National league uh number, if you look across the American League, right? So he's pitching a ridiculous rate in a much stronger league. Justin Hooper is a, a god. I think this, this Mariners team wins this division. The Angels make it close for a second, but they can't hold on, and they, they get that first wild card spot. Now, that's just a nightmare for anybody that has to play them in the wild card game, but, you know, it's, it's terrible. It speaking, speaking of trades and, and impact bats, um, a player that, again, I hate doing this to you because I've now done this to you a couple times tonight, a former Brave. Will there be a player who is acquired that will make a bigger impact than the impact that Greg Bird has had on the New York Mets? For in this calendar year? No. This calendar year. Greg Bird in 25 games started with the Mets has 10 homers, 23 RBIs, is hitting 287. He solidified what was a weak position with Russell Martin behind the plate. That team ever since the acquisition of Greg Bird has just been lights out. The Mariners probably do deserve – I know I've been on the Mets who are the best team in baseball. I'll probably back up a, a little bit and say it's the Mariners. But I, I'm on board still that the New York Mets are by far and away the class of the National League, and, and it, largely because of Greg Bird. If you were just looking at this, they have let up 238 runs against them with that pitching staff, like you mentioned. I mean, that's that's a stupid number. That's – 30 below the closest National League team, and I think it's over. It's almost 100 below the best American League pitching team. Like His staff will knock you on your ass. And now that he is, his offense can back it up with a little bit of pop from Greg Bird and some of his other guys, Den Decker is not having his normal kind of season in New York, I don't think, still at this point. So th- this team, I know I told you the other day, I think you and I got an argument last time we were on the horn together, me yelling about Colorado being the best team, and you tell me it was the Mets. Well, you look much better in this than I do at this point. But um, – I have to agree with you, man. The Mets, a Mets Mariners World Series would be a fantastic series to watch. It'd be fantastic. The, the one other thing about New York right now, just I just noticed this, that could come down to benefit them late in the year is they're trying out a six man rotation right now. Mm-hmm. If they can save some innings late in the season and keep Albert, Alberto Vega and Tim Lincecum sharp and healthy. I, I don't I I'm with you. That that's a team that's walking in the, to the World Series. Yeah. They, there's just there's Matt Decker is a weakness. I, I he's hitting like 150 this month. But other than that, Howard Howard Ash might be the best uh, best reliever in baseball. All of a sudden, he's given up less. I believe he's given up one run in 42 innings on the season. Yeah, a guy a guy's a, he's a monster. I mean, this, this will be – and by the way, you look up and down this roster, this is something that else that nobody has talked about at this point because nobody really talks about the National League for good reason, I guess. But, I mean, what's, what's his clock here? What's the Mets' timeline? 31, 36, 33, 35, even 29 for Alberto Vega. The bullpen's old. Greg Bird's the it's youngest. It's this season. They, they need to win a World Series this season. Yeah. So what happens when they don't, right? Now, that's a different podcast, I think. But what happens next year with, with the rest of these players. It's, it's Greg Bird and it's Josh Wilcox to rebuild around and rebuild fast with the rest of these guys, you know, retiring. So that's another interesting podcast to talk about later. I don't know. I don't know how many teams are out there that can, that can say this, but the Mets have won 90 games, at least 90 games every season since 2013. Oh yeah. Whatever happens this year, they might get old. Bruce will figure it out. 
Yeah, it's been with these guys, though. That's the other piece of this. Like, he's got this has been his team for years. He's been doing it for years. He makes a one addition, Zuling Wong at one point, got a bird this year, right? Elvis Andrews at some point. He always makes that one addition every year that makes his team better without gutting the farm, and he plays it slow. He's the guy that knows what he's doing. Hey, which I think you, you made a good point there. there there's, I think it's what makes MLB Pro fantastic. You look around at the different styles of, of general manager. You have Bruce, you have Matt, two, two teams, that, the Angels and the, and the Mets, that really don't do a ton and win consistently. You have Mitch and Sos who change their team on a weekly basis and win consistently. You have those in the middle, a, a team like Ryan out in St. Louis. One year he's incredibly active, uh, trading everyone. The next year he, he builds upon things, winning cons- wins consistently. Um, you can go about things a million different ways, and between now and July 31st, we're going to hear names and players and teams actively involved uh, in trades that do happen, trades that don't happen. And uh, I think anything's possible between now and July 31st and, and now and the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be fun. I, I love trade season in this league. July, I've had, I had my daughter one year around that time. She was born July 30th, and I was making deals in the hospital um, <laughs> that day when my wife was holding our newborn daughter. I can't remember the deal. We made the, we made the trade to bring in um, – who did we get from Boston? Tre- Trevor Bauer. We made the deal to get Trevor Bauer from Boston on, in the hospital when my daughter was being born that year for a slew of young arms, and that worked out really well for us at the time. But there was another deal – that I just missed out on it. I think he was with Hodges to bring in it, it was, no, it was Manny Machado. We we had a deal in place for Manny Machado and the deal fell apart because we didn't agree to it until one minute after the deadline, again in the hospital, I think. And I was furious at my family for days. So <laughs> Which, whichever kid was born that day, uh, you're gonna hold that against them forever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, we'll be back, I'm sure, in a couple of days and hopefully have uh, a couple other people join us next time. Sounds good, man. I appreciate you having me. All right. Thanks. Have a good one.